All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Aaron Fragnito with People's Capital Group. Okay, so our topic tonight is how to pay less taxes and build your wealth. I'm Aaron Fragnito with People's Capital Group. I'm going to speak for about 45 minutes about how we help people invest in real estate here in New Jersey, how we've been doing this the last 10 years. And I'm uh, going to really uh, be able to hopefully answer a lot of questions as we go along here as well. Again, type those in the chat, the Q&A. But I want to really break down tonight the process of building legacy wealth, but also not paying taxes, right? Because the one thing we have, we all know is for certain is uh, death and taxes. So we want to figure out how to pay less taxes and therefore keep more of our money, but also reinvest that money wisely. And we'll focus on how we do that in real estate and how we've been doing that with New Jersey real estate for the last 10 years and helped over 100 people invest in apartment buildings. So we'll break into that tonight. Quick disclaimer uh, here, uh, this is not a solicitation for funds, it's not tax advice or legal advice. I'll be speaking again about how we help people invest in real estate, uh, save money on taxes, and build legacy wealth to hand down to their heirs for years to come. If you want to learn more about how you can qualify, we'll talk about that at the very end. At People's Capital Group, we help you invest in real estate. Build your wealth by owning professionally managed apartment buildings in the northern New Jersey market. We want to show you how owning real estate is attainable, even for the busy professionals that don't have the time or experience investing in real estate. Now, we only work with select people who are serious about building wealth. So find out if you qualify at peoplescapitalgroup.com. Okay. All right. So here's our appendix for tonight. We are going to start with uh, death and taxes. We'll talk about harvesting equity growth, how we buy buildings for discounted prices, uh, increase the rent roll on them and force value into them, and uh, then harvest that equity growth over time. I'm also going to do a little case study on how increasing rent by just $500 increases the property uh, property value by six figures. So that's a really interesting case study. We'll break into that for a few minutes. I'm going to talk about cash flow, compare different types of high cash flow properties versus low cash flow, high equity growth properties. So we'll kind of compare and contrast a couple scenarios there, a couple different strategies. We'll talk about legacy wealth, avoiding taxes, handing those uh, that wealth down to your heirs uh, successfully, also continuing to avoid taxes in that process and good at having a good tax strategy. And we'll talk about the process of how we buy, renovate, and refinance apartment buildings here in New Jersey and why we feel like that's a good fit for our investors. Uh, we're also going to talk a little about People's Capital Group and some testimonials at the end here. So let's get right into it. Death and taxes. So real estate offers more tax benefits than stocks and bonds. The reason for that is because real estate offers tax depreciation. And with tax depreciation, you're able to, of course, write off cash flow and other forms of income on real estate. So when we're able to write off that income, uh, that allows for additional tax benefits. So real estate offers tax depreciation, stocks and bonds do not. That's always going to be diversified and have a, some stocks, some bonds, but at the end of the day, they don't offer tax depreciation as real estate does. Also, paying yourself as millionaires and billionaires do, harvesting equity growth using debt. So what does that mean? It means buying an apartment building is one example, increasing the rent roll on it, increasing the value of the building by increasing the revenue, of course, the building by increasing that rent roll. And then by forcing that equity into the building, forcing that value into the building and harvesting that equity growth through a cash out refinance. We'll break into that tonight. I also have tons of other webinars and podcasts that really break into that process in more depth as well. But by using that cash out refinance, now you could do this with a business where you build a business up to a higher value and then borrow against that business. You could do that with 
real estate. Heck, you can actually do that with a stock portfolio as well. But with real estate, you get a ton of tax benefits. And also banks are very uh, friendly with lending to real estate because it's a brick and mortar asset. And that's why 60% of billionaires' wealth is held in real estate. So that allows uh, realtor uh, investors to ben uh, benefit from all the uh, equity growth of the building, harvest that equity growth, and not pay taxes on that money they're taking off the table. Now, the reason they're not paying taxes on that growth is because that's debt. Now, it's good debt. It's low interest debt that ideally is going to be paid down for years to come by the tenants as the property is well managed and the tenants pay their rent to pay down the mortgage. But of course, debt is not uh, taxed by the IRS. You're not selling the building. Okay, you're not. It's not cash flow. It's debt. And it's good debt. And uh, of course, bad debt is credit card debt or maybe a, a big mortgage on a property that a million a million dollar property you live in that don't you don't have tenants paying out the mortgage. But with an apartment building, you have tenants paying down your mortgage. It's low interest debt. It's backed by a brick and mortar asset that's worth more than that debt is equal to. So that allows you to have equity and allows those tenants to pay down that debt for years to come. But the best of all, that debt is not taxed by the IRS. So it's a way of putting money in your pocket, harvesting that equity growth and not paying taxes on that cash payout. And that's called the cash out refinance. And that's exactly why we execute that strategy with our investors. And that's why investors like us, because we execute a tax strategy that allows them to pay essentially zero taxes but get invested in real estate, earn cash flow and big lump sums upon the cash out refinance and use good debt to pocket cash and, and ideally pay off bad debt like credit cards, right? So here's the strategy. You want to harvest your equity growth tax-free. Let's break a little more into this. So paying yourself using good debt. That's how billionaires and millionaires do that, as we saw on the last slide. And it's extremely important to understand that this debt is, is not to over leverage ourselves either, right? When we go to a, pro a bank and we say, hey, Mr. Bank, we have this property here, this nice apartment building. It's making this amount of cash flow. It has this type of expenses. And the bank will say, okay, what's your debt service coverage ratio? And they're only going to give us the amount that the property will qualify for. And that way we are taking on a safe amount of debt because banks underwrite the property and give you a safe amount of debt backed by a cash flowing asset. So real estate investors pocket that uh, cash talk tax-free, as we uh, spoke about briefly in the last uh, slide there. And it's a really nice way of not selling your asset and losing your cash flow machine or selling your asset and losing your tax write-off machine, but keeping that real estate. See, because once you sell the asset as well, then you got to go find another good deal. And let me tell you, the hardest part of our job is finding a good deal. So that's why billionaires pay themselves with this strategy. And that's why we bring the strategy to people investing in us. By the way, I see a lot more people jumping on here. So that's great to see a big webinar tonight, tons of signups. So um, if you have questions as we go along, please put them in the chat or the Q&A. If you can't hear me, uh, please put that in there as well if there's any technical issues. For some reason, my video is not working. I think it's because I'm on too many platforms at once here, going live on like four social media platforms. So <laughs> I broke the system here, broke the internet. All right, let's keep going. Exponential growth. So this is a very fun case study here. This talks about um, the difference uh, in property value when you increase the rent by just $500 a month on one unit. Now, I wanted to put this example in here because um, 
This is exactly what we're doing right now on a 21-unit property we're buying in Bayonne, New Jersey. Rents are around $1,200 or so for one-bedroom apartments. And in this market, they should be going for about $1,700. That's actually very cheap for a one-bedroom apartment in Bayonne, New Jersey. But uh, we want to be conservative. We want to under-promise and over-deliver to our investors. So we put our rent projections at pretty conservative numbers. We also aren't sure if the market's going to really soften up. It hasn't so much. The rental market has really shown no softening at all, at least in, the, you know, in high-demand markets like Bayonne. Uh, but of course, we want to be prepared for that. So we underprice our rent a little bit there on this unit. So anyway, we are renting them for around $1,200 right now. We believe they can be rented for $1,700. So it's a $500 rental increase per month per unit. Now, that means we are probably going to work out a deal where that tenant moves out. We're going to renovate that unit. We're going to lease it for the full top dollar that the market will bear. We'll probably get more than $1,700 a month. But in this scenario, let's say we go from $1,200 to $1,700, okay? Uh, so therefore, the NOI, the net operating income, is increased by $6,000 per year, right? $500 per month. So at the end of the year, you'll have an additional $6,000 added to the bottom line of that rent roll. Now, the net operating income is going to increase by $6,000 a year because the best part of this uh, situation here is when you have a nice cash flowing piece of real estate that's covering all your expenses already, and then you increase the rent by $500 for one of those units. Well, think about it. It's like a business that already covers its expenses, and then you sell $500 worth of more product every single month. Uh, or you get a contract for $500 more per month or whatever the business is. Well, yeah, of course, that's going to add right to your bottom line because all your expenses are already covered and there's no additional expenses by taking on this tenant. Of course, we already have this unit here. So in this case, our bottom line net operating income, our actual, um, in, our real NOI is increased by $6,000. Now, most businesses, if you want to increase your revenue by $6,000 a year, you may have to increase your spending by two or three or four or $5,000 a year, right? But in real estate, once you have all your expenses covered by all the other units that are paying in to the building, and that's why bigger is better in real estate. We'll talk about that on another, another slide. In this case, our net operating income is really actually increased by $6,000 a year just by turning over this one unit here because all of our other expenses are covered. So our net operating income is then divided into our cap rate to give us the property value. See, that's how these types of properties are analyzed. A commercial real estate is analyzed by the net operating income divided into the capitalization rate for that market. Now, most of the markets we buy in have cap rates around five to six and a half percent. We buy in relatively high demand markets. Again, right now we're buying a nice 21 unit in Bayonne, New Jersey on a nice block there, Avenue C, a really good location. So that's going to be run around between a five to a six cap. Okay. So here we have a scenario where we've increased the rent by $500 a month. We've therefore increased our net operating income by $6,000 a year because all of our expenses are already covered. And now we're taking that $6,000 a year and we're dividing it into our cap rate. And let's say the cap rate for our property is 5%. Okay. Well, in this scenario, if you take $6,000 and divide it by 5%, you have a $1.8 million increase. It's just incredible how much you can increase the value of a building. Oh, if you have 15 units here. Okay. <laughs> Missed a little point there. So if you have 15 unit building, okay, let's take a 15 unit building, for example, and you have a 5% cap rate for that building and you increase the rents, therefore, uh, on the, those units by $500 per month, you're increasing the value of that building by $1.8 million. Okay. 
Now, if you have a 15 unit building at a six and a half cap, a higher cap rate, and you increase the rent for those units by uh, $500 per unit, then you're looking at an increase in, of $1.38 million. Okay. So in this scenario, the lower cap rate gives us a larger property increase. And that's one of the reasons I like low cap rate properties. Now, without getting into the weeds of commercial real estate evaluation and pricing, um, we are uh, going to be analyzing here. I want to focus on just the, the increase in value. So when you're buying properties in low cap rates, you can increase the value by $1.8 million by increasing the revenue on the building. That's just a phenomenal exponential growth. Not only am I getting more cash flow per year, but I'm also, of course, incredibly increasing my equity and my property value. So we have a question here. I'm just going to take a look. So um, the example I'm trying to show here is that the exponential growth, when you increase the rent by a small amount, I mean, this, you know, $500. So you're moving out of tenant, you're moving a new tenant and you're renovating the unit. Um, and there may be a $10,000 renovation or so in this situation. Uh, but what we see here is an exponential increase in value. And we also see when there's a lower cap rate, our equity growth is actually greater. When there's a higher cap rate, our equity growth is lower. So people sometimes buy properties in for really high cap rate markets, or they look for high cap rate markets. But I say, nay, I actually like medium to low cap rate markets, more higher demand markets where you're paying more for the real estate, uh, you know, as compared to the cash flow of the property, and comp as compared to a, a less desirable market, where you're paying less for the real estate, and you're getting more cash flow on your investment. Now that might seem attractive off the bat because your immediate cash flow is stronger, but when you buy in a less desirable market and you buy at a higher cap rate, so you're ideally getting more real estate for your dollar. That's nice. But when you go to refinance, sometimes the valuations aren't there and equity growth isn't there. So I don't like trading immediate cash flow for long-term equity growth. In fact, I'm an equity investor. I invest for the long term. I invest for legacy wealth. I want to hand it down to my one-year-old son one day. So I invest in high demand markets with lower cap rates where I can increase the rent by a small amount on a building or a large amount. Really, that's always our goal. We try to increase rent by 25 to 45% on most of our properties in the first three years. And that's a huge boost in property value, especially because we're buying in 5% cap rate markets where when the property goes to get appraised or resold, we don't sell. But when the property goes to get appraised, the, the appraiser is going to use a lower cap rate valuation, hopefully, to analyze the property. And that allows us to get nice, strong property values, do successful cash out refinances, put a large lump sum check into our investor's pocket that's tax-free, as we talked about in the previous slides. And that allows um, us, of course, to pay less taxes build more wealth, and then rinse and repeat. Of course, high demand markets tend to hold their value through uh, tough markets as well, tough uh, recession and so on. So that is our strategy here at People's Capital Group. And that's why we do this strategy is because high demand markets uh, allow for huge property growth over time, not just because of that formula there, the low cap revaluation, but also because high demand markets just continue to usually grow in, in value over time. So I say, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. And that's really been true for uh, at least my experience over the last decade or so. Real estate's had a, a nice growth of value. Okay, let's talk about cash flow. 
So the last few slides were all about equity growth, right? We talked about how we force equity into a building by increasing the rent roll, increasing the net operating income, the cash flow of the property, and then using that increase in cash flow to go to the bank and say, hey, the property makes a lot more cash flow now. Therefore, it's worth a lot more money. Therefore, we'd like to take out a higher loan amount, a safe amount of debt, and use the difference there to pay off the old mortgage, keep the uh, amount of cash in between, and then pocket that cash tax-free. That's the cash-out refinance. But the way we get to the cash-out refinance, the way we force that equity growth up, is by improving the cash flow on the property. So let's talk about cash flow. Well, first of all, uh, I started in real estate by buying small properties. Uh, the first property I ever bought was a uh, five-unit uh, property. Um, well, that was actually the second. The first multifamily property I ever bought was a five-unit property. And um, I bought it with a one investor. And uh, it's a great property. Bought it for a great price. It's worth like four times what we paid for it. Uh, makes a little bit of cash flow. But what I realized was that uh, smaller properties um, are not as good as bigger properties. Bigger is better in real estate. So then I said, okay, well, how do I buy bigger properties? And uh, I said, wow, I need like $2 million to buy bigger properties. Now I was a pretty successful realtor at the time, but I didn't have $2 million and I didn't see a way to really get $2 million in the bank anytime soon. So I said, okay, well, I need to start working with other people's money. I need to learn how to raise private capital and build relationships with investors, people that have a problem. And their problem is they have cash in the bank or in the stock market that's very volatile and they want to diversify into real estate, pay less taxes, own some brick and mortar apartment buildings and high demand markets, but they don't have the time to run around and find the deals and manage them as we do here at People's Capital Group. Maybe they tried it and they made some mistakes, they overpaid for real estate, or they're just getting sick and tired of being a landlord. There's a million reasons to work with a real estate syndication, and there's reasons to do it on your own as well. But I found when I tried to do it on my own, I started to run out of money very quickly. In fact, I bought one building and that was pretty much all the cash I had to invest in that one building. I had to go you know, work a year or so to save up more cash to buy another building, maybe a couple of years or so. I also found myself getting very tired of dealing with tenants and toilets. So I hired a management company and they were really nothing special to write home about. And I just kind of got frustrated with them over time. And uh, eventually I ended up uh, developing my own management company, but it took me to get to about 50 apartments before I was able to really develop my own uh, management company because it didn't really make financial sense before then. So the management company would take a lot of my free cash flow, the one I hired before that. And it was just a small property and it did great equity wise, but it didn't make a lot of cash flow. So I started a real estate syndication to allow people to buy more real estate with me. And we developed my, this infrastructure here. Seth Martinez, my business partner, and I. We developed a nice in-house property management company that can manage these assets. Once we find discounted properties for sale, we pool the capital together. We get a mortgage to leverage our investors' capital. We buy the property for a discounted price. And our in-house property management company forces the equity up by increasing the rent roll over time, you know, renovating the units when they're vacated, leasing them up for top dollar, figuring out more ways to make income on the property and creating more cash flow and more wealth for our investors. So that's what we created over the last decade to make it easier for people to invest in New Jersey apartment buildings. Because I recognized it's a very management-intensive 
operation to own real estate. It's really not fun. It's not fun to be a landlord, manage real estate. I mean, I couldn't do what my property management company does. They're far more patient than I. And uh, so that's part of the business that I recognize, wow, there's a really huge demand for this because people love real estate also, right? It's not really, I don't really have to sell you on why own real estate. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it builds in value for the most part. It creates tax write-offs, cash flow. If you buy in the right market with the right operators, it's created millions of millionaires and 60% of the billionaire's wealth is held in real estate. If they know how to create wealth and we should be buying real estate as well. So real estate kind of sells itself. It's really about the operators, right? You can invest in big guys or small guys or, or flashy guys or, or modest guys. So it really depends what type of operator you want to invest in. You can go down in the Southeast. You can do in Florida or Texas. A lot of syndications do not invest locally here in New Jersey we do. We have the infrastructure in place. We've done over 300 transactions here. So we focus on the Jersey market because we have a good footprint here and we know how to de deal with the red tape here in New Jersey. So therefore, we create our real estate syndication so single investors can get into larger properties. And that solves the problem of not having the down payment to get into larger properties. And bigger is better in real estate. So now let's talk about high cash flow versus low equity growth. And then low cash flow versus high equity growth, right? So high cash flow properties tend to be properties in lesser desirable markets. Uh, many people are investing in, say, Tennessee or Alabama or the Carolinas. Well, the Carolinas have actually gone up so much, they're starting to be more expensive now. But a lot of those markets out there, you know, Kansas or something, you know, you're investing in a lot of those markets, the Midwest, for example. Um, these markets have tend to have lower equity growth, but higher cash flow. Now, that could be a great strategy. You could do very well in a lot of those markets. But the reason I don't prefer those markets is because high cash flow is taxable. And when you have high cash flow properties, there's really not a whole lot of ways to write off all that all that income because your tax depreciation really doesn't amount to more than like 2 or 3% a year. So when you get a low cash flow property, say a higher price property in a higher demand market, that's going to grow in equity stronger over time, but not produce as much immediate cash flow, such as some of the buildings we buy here in New Jersey, like this property in Bayonne, for example, the cash flow on it's going to be maybe two to 3% a year for our investors. But then they'd expect about 50% of their initial investment back at the refinance, right? So that's a low cash flow property, but a high equity growth, okay? About 85% of the return on investment our investors are realizing is realized at the refinance. Now, that's good because that's a tax-free liquidity event. We talked about that in the last few slides. The IRS doesn't tax debt. You're not selling the building. It's not cash flow. And the cash flow that the building does earn, the 2 to 3% a year in cash flow, that's written off with the tax depreciation, as tax depreciation is roughly around 2 to 3% per year. So therefore, I like low cash flow properties and high equity growth. Because my cash flow becomes tax-free because I can write off my uh, my tax appreciation. And my equity growth, when I harvest that, that's tax-free as well. And if there's one thing I hate, paying taxes. Now, high cash flow properties and low equity growth can be a very good investment strategy as well. The truth is you probably want to have a well-diversified portfolio at the end of the day. It can't hurt to own some real estate 100% yourself also and invest in a real estate syndicate. So a lot of our investors took the plunge, bought some real estate themselves, maybe they own some smaller properties. And usually around five to 15 units, I get a phone call and say, <laughs> I'm getting tired of tenants and toilets. What do you guys have available? And that's perfectly fine. 
continue to build your portfolio, deal with maybe a management company or tenants and toilets yourself, but also invest wisely with professionals, diversify into real estate syndicates, diversify into some high cash flow op opportunities and, and some high equity growth opportunities. And at the end of the day, invest in the people you feel comfortable with. Don't chase markets or CNBC headlines. Invest in the operators you feel comfortable with in the markets you feel comfortable with as well. Because quite frankly, most of the returns we're all offering are pretty much the same at the end of the day. So it's really when you're choosing an operator, you want to invest with people that make you comfortable, that give you maybe than just a check in the mail and updates. Like we try to do events for our investors, weekly webinars, weekly podcasts, monthly networking events. So if you're local here, or even if you're not, and just catch us online, we try to put a lot more out there than just investment opportunities. Okay, so let's talk about legacy wealth. And legacy wealth is really what we focus on creating for our investor group. So I preach legacy wealth all the time because, um, well, I, I I think that's the most important thing, this impact you leave on this world, right? That's really what it's all about at the end of the day. Um, you know, what you can hand down to your heirs or to your favorite nonprofits or you know, I love donating. I love giving back to my church. I love giving back to World Vision. That's one of my favorite nonprofits to donate to. I love the idea of being able to hand something down to my 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 children that well, one child right now, <laughs> my uh, my boy that you know he can really put him on a different level, different different opportunities, and um, and you know that that's just a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful idea to think that you can make a difference in 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 your your family and your family's name and be that that bump in your generational wealth. You know, if you've ever looked at uh, a chart of like uh, families like the Rockefellers, you know, these huge general you know, family offices, huge family wealth uh, centers, there is generally a person somewhere along the way that was really good at business and wealth creation. You know, you think uh, Henry Ford, you know, you think these incredible entrepreneurs in, in history. And and th they're so inspiring to me as an entrepreneur to, to think like that, you know, look like that. In today's world, Elon Musk, right? These, these incredible entrepreneurs that in their family's legacy, they're, they're the kingpin, they're the point, they're the turning point where that legacy wealth, that family name was able to go on to something far greater than any of the people before them were able to create. Now, money's not everything, but at the end of the day, if you can create nice generational wealth, a real legacy wealth to hand down to your heirs, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to help other people do that and to share this vision as well um, and inspire other people to do it also. So that's one thing I really like to preach. I have a passion for it. I practice what I preach. I put my money into real estate. I invest very aggressively with my income. And um, of course, I, I like to teach other people how to do it as well. So here's how we get legacy wealth. First of all, 1031 tax deferral is a great tool to uh, when we uh, around year 15 or so with a lot of our properties, we ultimately have a plan to sell some of the properties through a 1031 tax deferral, defer all uh, capital gains tax, trade into a bigger property. Maybe we'll sell this 21 unit in Bayonne we're buying, uh, the 27 unit in Rodway we bought last year, maybe the 25 unit in Marion uh, and, and Patterson, New Jersey we bought uh, last year as well. And then and combine them and maybe buy 150 unit in Morristown or something like that and sell the properties and trade into a bigger properties uh, property, build our investors' wealth exponentially, allow them to just take that initial investment if they're still investing in the opportunity at that time, uh, trade up completely tax-free into a bigger, better property. So this 1031 tax deferral 
is a tax tool that billionaires and millionaires use to defer all taxes, trade into bigger real estate. And I have uh, presentations that like dig into that just specifically that uh, I'm not going to do right now, but um, it's a great tool to use. Check out those presentations on our YouTube channel or website if you want to learn more about that. Um, invest in the uh, re refinance proceeds into new opportunities. So about 90% of our investors reinvest the refinance cash they get from our big lump sum refinance, our cash out refinance in our apartment buildings. They invest that back into new opportunities we have. And we try to procure a new opportunity about every six months to our qualified investor group. So that's a great way to keep building that wealth. See, we have investors that invested maybe $100,000 five years ago or so. They would get back $50,000 between around year three or so to refinance. They take that $50,000, reinvest it in another opportunity, maybe put another 50 on top. And now, uh, two or three years later, they would get back another, you know, half of that other investment. So they put in $100,000 initially, they get $50,000 back after three years, put that in another opportunity. Three years later, that opportunity produces $25,000, right? Because you get half your investment back every three to five years or so. That's our target. And don't forget about the initial $100,000 investment, right? Every three to five years, that's going to keep producing a $50,000 check. So that's just an exponential snowball of reinvesting that refinance you're getting every three to five years, reinvesting that cash, maybe even putting a little bit more on top and getting invested in multiple projects. Now you're getting two sets of monthly updates, two sets of quarterly financials, two cash flow checks every quarter, two K-1s at the end of the year get into three projects, four. Some of our most successful investors are in five or six projects and they're getting consistent checks on many different projects now. And uh, it's really exciting for them and for us. So that's uh, a really great strategy there. And of course, tax-free investment structure truly um, is, is the right uh, way to do this here. I'm sorry, a little bit. I can't see that thing. So, uh, you know, the tax uh, to diversify from the stock market, the whole idea here is that we're creating an investment structure that's truly diversified from the stock market. It does not correlate up and down with the Dow Jones, the S&P 500. It's truly diversified, okay? It's a brick and mortar asset that produces cash flow and large lump sums upon the refinance and tax benefits. So that's a nice way to truly diversify out of the stock market. It doesn't mean sell all your stock portfolio and go into real estate, but it is important to diversify, in our opinion, about one third to 50% of your investment portfolio into real estate. And of course, pass your wealth to your future generations. So you want to talk to an estate attorney, of course, have good estate planning here as well, and uh, understand how to pass that wealth down to your heirs and for generations to come. Or heck, give it to a, a nonprofit or a number of nonprofits or your church or your synagogue or make a big difference in whatever way you want to make in this world. And uh, it's just an amazing thing to be able to diversify that wealth out to, for future generations and create a nice estate that's tax-free and allows you to then build exponential wealth for many years to come after you're no longer around on this earth. Because that's what I like most about my real estate. When I'm not kicking anymore, my real estate still is. People are still going to need a roof over their head and those brick and mortar assets are still going to be there. So that's one of the things I love about my real estate investments. Okay, the process. So let's talk about exactly how uh, we do the process here and different options for real estate investors to get invested in real estate. So of course, you could do it on your own. 
can buy real estate, hire a realtor, hire a management company or manage it yourself. But there are limitations to that, and it is a little bit hard to do that as well. Or you can invest with a real estate syndication or team up with other professionals that are helping you put your capital to work in real estate. Let's break into these two different ways here. So doing it on your own. Okay, so first you want to hire a realtor. Um, realtors are a great way to find deals. We also work with wholesalers and other real estate investors, other landlords to find great deals. Uh, work with a professional team. You want to build out a good team of contractors, property managers, lenders, uh, attorneys, real estate agents, insurance agents, uh, wholesalers, property inspectors. The list goes on. We just couldn't really fit it all there. Spend at least uh, 500 to 1,000 hours learning the real estate industry and a market in particular. I suggest focusing on one market at a time. Do not go into a million different markets. I suggest actually focusing on a very local market to you. I wouldn't make it more than a half an hour away, especially if you're planning on managing yourself. Even if you're planning on hiring a management company for the first properties you're buying, I'd suggest Mark uh, investing within a half hour, an hour of where you live. Analyze hundreds of properties and make dozens of offers a week or at least monthly. Um, Seth and I will make about 400 offers to buy one property. We'll make 400 offers to buy one. That's how aggressive the market is. That's how competitive it is. It's a very difficult job to find a good deal. And then, of course, once we buy, we manage the daily management company, uh, manage daily the management company and contractors long term, complete the renovation projects. And of course, make sure you're on point and on a budget and on schedule for your renovations. Okay, there's also the option, of course, of teaming up with professionals, real estate syndicate. So that's a passive investment. Okay, DIYs, when you do it yourself, that's an active investment. If you want to invest passively and team up with professionals, first, you must be qualified. We only work with accredited or sophisticated investors. Now, an accredited investor is someone with a net worth of $1 million, not including their primary residence, or has an income of $250,000 per year, or a $300,000 annual income with their spouse, the expectation to make that next year. And a sophisticated investor, that means you maybe are not quite accredited yet, but you have uh, some experience reviewing in real estate investment opportunities. You have the mental capacity to understand the risks of the investment and the strategy. You don't need to live on the returns of the investment, such as cash flow. You know, you have uh, ample income and savings. You're not investing your last dollar in the opportunity. And that's a sophisticated investor. So that's someone who's really not yet accredited, but has some experience investing and is understanding the risks of the investment and has some capital to put to work, but they're not yet a millionaire. So most real estate funds only accept accredited investors. We also accept sophisticated investors. So we accept accredited and sophisticated investors. So we work with people such as school teachers, police officers, firefighters, bankers, real estate agents, um, active real estate investors, uh, lenders, um, stay-at-home moms, uh, the, the whole the whole thing, all the whole spectrum. And um, so we really focus on working with a lot of different types of individuals. And we also have accredited millionaires with us that have seven figures with us as well. So whether you're just getting started in real estate and uh, working to be a sophisticated investor, understand the opportunities, save up the minimum investment amount of $30,000, plus have ample savings and ample income, or you're an accredited investor, you've invested in multiple real estate syndications, you've built your wealth to a nice level, and you're looking to build your wealth further, or maybe you become accredited by investing in the stock market or other means of uh, buying nice assets and building wealth. Um, now you've reached that accredited status and can put a larger amount of capital to work. 
it really doesn't matter. We work with both people, both types of individuals, the whole spectrum, and we really pride ourselves on working with both accredited millionaire investors looking to put large sums of capital to work and smaller, sophisticated investors getting started investing in real estate, looking to truly diversify their portfolio. So you must be qualified. Secondly, a well-vetted real estate opportunity is provided to you. So once you're qualified with us, you can review an opportunity, a nice pitch deck, an offering memorandum, a PPM, an operating agreement, a subscription agreement, all the documents. It's also all summarized for you as well. And We make a webinar about it. You can watch and learn about it. The syndicate manages everything from A to Z. Our investors enjoy monthly updates, quarterly financials, quarterly cash flow checks, a K-1 tax return at the end of the year that's done for them, sent to their uh, accountant or CPA. And investors earn the same benefits from real estate as doing it yourself, but without having to do the work. So they still get their piece of the cash flow and tax write-off. They own part of the building, so they get their annual K-1 at the end of the year, just like you would if you owned 100% of a building. And the property is eventually sold or refinanced for a large liquidity event. We focus on refinancing our assets, but of course, we can always sell them as well for our investors. And, and uh, either one would be a nice liquidity event for our investors. But the goal is to create long-term passive income for our investors. So who are we here at People's Capital Group? Well, that's me on the left. I'm Aaron Fregnito. I actually got started as a realtor selling Seth Martinez, my business partner there on the left. I started uh, in this uh, business by selling him uh, really cheap pieces of real estate in 2011, 2012, when the market was just dismal. And I loved what he was doing. He was buying great properties for great prices and uh, just incredible amount of equity growth and uh, maybe a little risky at the time as the market was very slow. But I loved what he was doing and we teamed up. We bought a six unit together from a We Buy Houses sign I stapled to a telephone pole. We renovated it, bought it for about $220,000 on Grant Ave in Newark, New Jersey. Renovated the building, probably put about $80,000 into it or so. Uh, and then it refinanced, got all of our money right back out in about a year. And we said, wow, it's a nice model. We really like this model. Let's uh, let's buy bigger buildings. Now we're up to about a $20 million portfolio, about 150 units. But Seth and I have done about 300 real estate transactions together. We've fixed and flipped property. We've wholesaled properly. So we've really had a good, um, a good um, breadth of experience here doing all different types of transactions. And that's why people like investing with us as well. We don't just do the real estate syndications. We also do other types of transactions, but about 90% of our business is real estate syndications. We have some lots of land uh, that we're building on right now. We're building about four single family homes in West Jersey. So we have some few other projects going on, but for the most part, our focus is helping people invest in real estate. Our um, single family residential uh, projects are fully funded, uh, but we do open up opportunities in the apartment buildings for qualified investors. I focus on the education side. I do weekly podcasts. I do weekly webinars every Thursday at 11 a.m. Check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook, all the social media platforms there. We have a YouTube channel as well. I launch a, a weekly podcast every Friday morning also. Um, so we try to really uh, have a lot of content that we put out, fresh content, new content, up to date. We bring in a lot of different types of real estate professionals. I have lenders. I have a short sale expert um, next week. Uh, Matt Marinoff, you may you know, may know the name. Uh, I have Joel Crawl coming up after that. I have a title expert from Clear Sky Titles the week after that. So just a lot of different professionals with years and years of experience, cool new topics every week. So that's live Thursdays at 11. My podcast comes out uh, Fridays, uh, Friday mornings generally. And then we do our um, monthly networking events. So we're going to start those again now. We just started our 
first uh, monthly networking event in like three years because of the pandemic. Uh, we used to do these in Morristown at the Hyatt. Maybe you met us there. Maybe you're just listening for the first time here, but we've been there just about 10 years. And we built our uh, whole business, our whole brand, our networking group up to about 4,500 members on meetup.com. And we have about 7,500 members in total that we uh, email out to. So just a big, big network here, mostly local in New Jersey. Um, and uh, so we do these networking events on the second Tuesday of the month in Somerset, New Jersey at the Jersey Cyclone Brewery in Somerset, New Jersey. So check it out. Maybe you were there la uh, this uh, earlier this week. I uh, did a great uh, presentation, got some great feedback, had a lot of fun. It was a packed house, had about 60 or 70 people there. We're going to keep doing that. It's a really cool brewery as well. They got some really cool beers on tap there. So um, that's uh, every second Tuesday of the month at 630 in Somerset, the Jersey Cyclone Brewery. If you signed up for this uh, webinar, you'll likely be in our system and we'll, we'll send you an invite to that event coming up. Or maybe you can follow us on uh, meetup.com as well. Um, but we really try to engage with all of our, our clients. If you're not invested with us, we're always doing different events, having people on our webinar, having people on our podcast, of course, uh, sponsors at our networking events. But come and check us out, uh, you know, rub shoulders, like-minded individuals, other real estate professionals, people out of the industry, too, uh, looking to passively invest. So um, that's who usually is attending our uh our monthly uh, in-person networking events there in Somerset, New Jersey. We have a packed house. So when the invite goes out for those, make sure you sign up quickly because they we only have free tickets for about uh, uh, until about two weeks before the event. So you want to sign up as soon as you can once you see the invite for those in-person events. But Seth Martinez here, he handles the operations into the business. He manages our management company. Um, I'm more on the marketing, branding, uh, fundraising, client relations front of the business. So together, we make a very good team. And we've done over 300 transactions. So you know that we're well-versed in a lot of different spaces of real estate. But now we focus, like I said, about 90% on apartment building repositioning, working with our in-house property management company to buy mismanaged property buildings for a discounted price, pooling together investors who can partake in the benefits of owning those buildings without having to run around and do all the heavy lifting behind the scenes. So here's a 25-unit residential property in Patterson, New Jersey. We have a targeted cash-on-cash -cash return around 10% for that project, and uh, we're ahead of schedule on that nicely. Here's a 27 un residential units in uh, Rahway, New Jersey. It's 11% cash-on-cash return for that uh, project that we're projecting, and we're ahead of schedule on that as well. Units are leasing for about 15% to 20% higher than targeted on both of these properties. And then here's a building we cashed out of uh, just this summer with a number of investors, and they earned a nice 24% annualized cash-on-cash -cash return. So historically, we've achieved up to a 24% annualized cash-on-cash -cash return. That's about two times our initial target, which was about 12% annually. Before that, in June, we accomplished about a 16% annualized cash-on-cash -cash return to another group of investors on another property in Passaic, New Jersey. That was about one and a half times our initial target. Uh, the worst we've done on a real estate syndication is about a 10% uh, annualized cash-on-cash -cash return, and that was targeted. So uh, we've achieved our target there. So real estate re uh, apartment building repositioning is a more forgiving space of the market we like it more than fix and flips or wholesales. It's more consistent. It's not so much at the mercy of market changes, and it's just uh, more consistent through the years. Plus, people are always going to need a roof over their head. So when I'm talking about handing some legacy wealth down to your heirs, 
you know, if I just ran a wholesale business or I just ran a fix and flip business, I wouldn't really be able to just hand that down to my heirs. I mean, who's going to run around and fix and flip all these properties, right? But it, a strong management company, a good holding company can uh, essentially, you know, pass that down to your heirs. So investing passively in real estate, investing passively in high demand markets and high demand pieces of real estate with good operators is a way to achieve true legacy wealth, where we felt that flipping houses and wholesaling is kind of just a lot of runaround and a lot of work. And if you do really well at it, you're taxed very heavily. And if you don't do well at it, you can lose money too. So we felt apartment building uh, apartment buildings are just more forgiving and a better long-term investment strategy. So through the years, we've really doubled down on apartment building syndications and invited our investors along to team up with us on these projects. So here's some of our investors right here, testimonials. This is a Frank, four-time investor. My investments have been on point. I like not having to manage the properties. Here's Tim, six-time investor. I continue to grow my investing relationship with Seth and Aaron. They have a great history of buying properties at good, uh, I can't see that part, hold on, good price and offering value, okay? Gary, uh, my confidence, uh, seven-time investor here. My confidence in Seth and Aaron has been rewarded with professionalism and wise investments since I started investing with them in 2014. Here's uh, Robert. I've invested numerous times in People's Capital Group, eight-time investor. Over the last six years, I'm happy with my investments. Here's Rita, three-time investor. Very satisfied with my investments in PCG. I've been able to sell my rental property and no longer be a landlord, yet I'm still making money in real estate thanks to PCG. Here's Chris. I've been investing, a six-time investor here. I've been investing in People's Capital Group for nearly five years now. I cannot be happier with the process and the returns on my investment. Aaron and Seth and their team have been great to work with. They're like clockwork in their updates, communications, and payments. Great company. Okay, so that's it for the evening here. Uh, let's see if we have any questions. Okay, it looks like just feedback from the technical difficulty early. By the way, sorry about that technical difficulty. I was on too many platforms at once, and I think I uh, broke the internet there. But anyway, we had a nice uh, uh, presentation here tonight about how we build wealth in real estate and how we help other people build wealth in real estate, but also pay less taxes. We talked about the process of finding discounted properties, improving the rent roll, using the cap rate valuation to see how that allows for an exponential growth in property value. And then we talked about how we harvest that property value growth through a refinance and why we prefer to refinance assets instead of sell of course, primarily for the tax benefits. So that's what we focused on tonight. Um, I hope uh, that you enjoy the presentation here. What I really want to express to you is that I know that there's a lot of talking heads out there today saying, oh, real estate's going to go down, interest rates are going up. And listen, they may be very right, right? Interest rates are expected to rise more and property values are expected to come down. So that's why we buy for, with value add in mind. We buy discounted properties in high demand markets with a serious amount of value add. So we can force the value of the property up no matter what the market's doing. And that's wise investing. That's investing in assets where we can control it more. We can force the value of the building up. We can force equity into the building by increasing the rent roll over time. And as we do this project, markets will go up, markets will come down. But as long as you're invested in high demand markets with good operators, your capital will continue to grow through the years and ultimately, years from now, it will be at the point where it can be a nice legacy wealth to hand down to your heirs, especially if you reinvest those proceeds over time. But the most important thing is that you're investing wisely, but you also have an investment strategy, right? Operators that you want to keep investing with, 
understand those operators mindset and their strategy overall do you agree with that strategy okay and also the markets that you're investing in do you want to be local do you want to be in high demand markets or do you want to focus on just as much cash flow immediate cash flow as possible not care about the taxes right so there's lots of ways to invest in real estate either one's right or wrong we prefer high demand markets we prefer low cash flow high equity growth so we keep more of our money and pay less taxes and that's the name of the game. That's what we focus on doing. We've helped over 100 people invest in real estate over the last 10 years. So if you enjoyed our presentation tonight, you want to learn more about upcoming opportunities and, and different uh, events we have going on as well, be sure to get in touch with us, okay? In fact, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to share a, uh, a link here that people can actually uh, schedule a call with me, Aaron Fragnito. So it's uh, that's the first step in building your legacy wealth. What we focus on doing is uh, connecting with people. So the first step is scheduling a discovery call so we can get to know each other and figure out your investment goals. That's the first step here. I'm actually going to do that right now for us. So I'm going to stop the share here. Hold on one second. And I'm going to take a link we have here. Put that in the chat so that we can connect in the near future. And that will allow us to get a call set up and talk about your investment goals. So that's the first step. That's called a discovery call. I'm gonna put that in the chat right now. So I'd like everyone to go to the chat, take a look at what I just put in there and click that link. That link will allow you to schedule a call with me, Aaron Fragnito. We'll do about a 15 to 30 minute call. We're gonna talk about your investment goals, answer more questions about what we have coming up to invest in, what the experience is like here at People's Capital Group. Make sure you qualify as well and um, see if what we do here is a fit for your investment goals. But listen, we really don't have a whole lot of spots what we're doing right now. So these spots only have a few weeks left or so to invest. So if you want to learn more about what we're doing or just take a look at our next offering and learn more about it, let's schedule this call. Let's connect in the near future. It's extremely important we connect soon. We only really have a limited amount of spots on every single offering. We're also only going to be accepting new investors for a limited amount of time. So. Let's see if we can connect in this window here of time in the next few weeks or so. Learn about your investment goals and see if they're a fit with what we're doing here at People's Capital Group. But thank you so much for joining us tonight. I hope everyone enjoyed our presentation. If you have any questions, again, let's schedule that call and let's connect. I'm going to leave this up for a few more minutes so you can click that link. I'm looking forward to talking. Have a good night. Mm -hmm.